Most weight loss plans are one size fits all, not taking into account each person's individual needs. Noom is built for your psychology and your biology, meeting you where you are. Noom Weight uses psychology. That's why they say losing weight starts with your brain. But it also takes into account your unique biological factors, which also affect weight loss success. The program helps you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have cravings. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first-ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available for pre-order wherever books are sold. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Lauren Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conlin. Okay, so really good news for writers and lovers of daytime talk shows and late night talk shows. The writer strike has come to an end because they were able to reach an agreement with the major studios. This is really exciting. So what this means for the WGA, the Writers Guild of America, and all of the writers, this means that studios cannot require writers to use AI software. Studios must disclose to writers if any materials given to them have been AI generated, the WGA reserves the right to assert the exploitation of writer's material to train AI, and that's prohibited. AI generated material will not be considered source material, which means it can't be used to undermine a writer's credit. So these were huge things that needed to be addressed before they could sign a new contract. And it looks like it has all been addressed. And I'm hoping that SAG is not very far behind because this seemed to, you know, set, set the the tone for how their negotiations are going to go. So let's see what happens there. I don't have an exact date that's been given of when they are going to restart negotiations, but man, my fingers are crossed. I keep saying things like, Oh, I can't wait for season three of white Lotus. And then I'm like, Oh, never mind. Um, we're on a strike or the actors are on a strike. But anyway, I have a great guest today, Siobhan Fallon Hogan, who everybody will know from her work on Saturday Night Live. She's so funny. But she has a new movie coming out October 6th that she actually wrote as well. And it's called Shelter in Solitude. So Siobhan wrote it and she plays uh, the role of a country singer who befriends a death row inmate uh, when he only has days to live. So this trailer looks amazing. I should have asked for a screener, but I've been a little uh, crazy over here with things going on. But um, Siobhan was lovely to speak to, and she explains why her film was exempt um, you know, from being a part of the uh, writer's strike and the SAG strike and why she's able to promote it. She says it better than, than I could explain it. But um, yeah, she was just great to talk to, down to earth. We talk about her SNL days, her Seinfeld days, and she just seems like a wonderful family woman, you know? I just really enjoyed her overall. So without further ado, I'm going to play my interview with Siobhan Hogan. Hi, Siobhan. Hi, Lauren. How's it going? Great, great, great. Out here in Nashville. 
I saw, I was going to say, if I, if I stalked you correctly, um, you had your premiere last night. Is that right? In Nashville, Tennessee? I did. I had about, I had about, in Nashville, Tennessee, and I think I've had about five hours of sleep. Oh, no. If my voice is 10 octaves too low, that's why. Wait, I feel like we're in the same boat, and I actually saw that. I was I was looking through Instagram this morning, and I was like, I wonder if she's going to cancel. So props to you, girl. Oh props to you. <laughs> listen, listen, the early bird catches the worm. You catch it earlier. I, I still don't know if I'm earlier. I, I'm earlier than you, right? I'm an hour earlier. Yes, you're central. I'm, I'm in New York, so I'm Eastern, so it's 8 a.m. Gosh, that's even worse for you. Yeah. I am so sorry. But... Can you just tell me about, um, your, like, the, the premiere and just everything about the film? Because I'm really excited to see it. It looks so good, and you wrote it as well. Yes, yes. So, okay, it was so exciting. So the film is about a prisoner on death row with 10 days left to live, and I play yes. a washed-up country singer <laughs> who sang in Nashville once and only once. And so her whole dreams were Nashville. So thus we did the the premiere out here because we have songs. My son, my son, Peter, it's a big family affair. My husband produced, my son produced, Aww. my daughter's the um, production designer on it. Wow. She's also in it. So like my son is in it as well. And anyway, so he hooked me up um, over a year ago. We flew out here and recorded with Justin Bill Tonum from three doors down and Todd Cameron, who are big, big Nashville, you know, singers and musicians. Wow. And last night at the party, we had at the underground for anybody who's ever been out here. And, I sang with Justin Bill Tonin at the party. Ah, so it was so cool. So yeah, so it was no. amazing. And um, and we had, and and we also had like two for people that are into rap. Rap Banks, who Shaggy's son, the really popular rapper, and um and Fat Nick play roles in the movie. And they and so they they sing as well. So it's like a big musical, you know, coming together. But in addition to that, um, it stars. Uh, Robert Patrick, who's my great friend and was in Rush, my first movie that I wrote. And, you know, most people know him from The Terminator and Walk the Line. He was just in, um, had a recurring, not recurring, regular role in Yellowstone 123. So, mm. so he and I have been friends for like 35 years. Wow. He plays the warden. And he's fantastic. And then Peter Macon, who's like a young James Earl Jones, plays the prisoner. And I, of course, am the washed up country singer. And then we also have Dan Castellaneta, who's um, the voice of Homer Simpson, plays, he's a friend of mine for years too. And then my son plays a role, and it's it's just um, it's a it's a it's sometimes hilarious, and sometimes you're crying because you know the subject man, of course, is facing his death. Yeah, and um, it's just a beautiful story of like hope and kindness and and redemption. I mean, I I feel bad. I I feel like we both just didn't say the title of the movie. The title of the movie is called Shelter in Solitude. For everybody listening, um, we, Solitude. yes, we yes. left that part and, out. I mean. It really does. It really does look incredible. And can I ask you, you said your son is in it. Does he play the police officer? He plays the police officer. He's so He's cute. I was wondering who that was. He's so <laughs> handsome. Oh my gosh. How old is he? So nice. well, he's 25. Okay. So, so the deal was like, you know, so I'm an actress, but you know, and people are like, he's so natural. And my daughter, my daughter plays the hippie in it. It's in the truck. Oh, you know, when, so when cool. I'm, I'm like a wannabe cougar in it. I'm a wannabe cougar, but no one will have me. No one will coog with me. <laughs> That's good. That's so, good. So, yeah. So anyway, so so the, it's it's a big family affair. But but I'll tell you, you know, we're it's it's you know people say oh it's this beautiful faith filled story, but it's it's 
not your net, your, your run of the mill faith filled story. Cause there's my characters rough around the edges. I like drink too much. And I, as I said, I'm like a wannabe cougar. I swear like crazy, <laughs> but these, and, and, and Robert Patrick's characters, he's divorced and he's rough around. So it's like these three broken people. Yeah. And, and, um, and Peter Macon, who plays the prisoner, you know, you think it's going to be like this. Oh, here comes the big great white hope in to save the, the African-American prisoner. But mm-hmm. really, he's the hero of the story. Yeah, I'm so, so I mean, I can't not- wait. I cannot wait. So how can people watch it? It's in theaters. It's it's going to streaming. Okay. Yeah. Tell us everything. Yeah. So Okay, so it's crazy because we're an independent yeah. and we actually distributed ourselves. And because I had done Rushed, which came out two years ago, um, I knew the deal. You know what I mean? Like, I was what, what the distributors get, what you get. So my husband and I are like, the hell with this. We're going <laughs> to distribute ourselves. So we got, we got picked up by AMC and Regal, which is oh. like crazy miracle. Wow. And we'll be all over the country um, October 6th. Oh, my I gosh. No, Congratulations. City, right? What's that? Thank you so much. And, yeah. and we'll, you're in New York City, aren't you? I am. I am. I, yeah. So I'll be at Union Square um, Regal next Friday night, the 6th, um, and I'll be oh. doing a Q&A. And oh, then my I'm gosh. Gonna on, I'm going to be on Seth Meyers. Yeah, I'll be on Seth Meyers Wednesday. And so it's this, I mean, it's just like, un- unbelievable. like we're pinching ourselves. You know what I mean? Oh, I love that. And then tell so, me why this is exempt from the strike like this, because you're, you know, you're able to promote it. It's, Yeah. Okay, so this is so entwined in the strike, you can't imagine, because David Goodman, who was the head of the Writers Guild, lived behind me in L.A. when I lived there a thousand years ago, and we became best friends. And he then became president of the Writers Guild, and he negotiated the strike. Well, that's just an ironical part of it. So I, we never took a dime from a studio, and the reason is we didn't ever, they never wanted to give us a dime. (laughs) So (laughs) when you don't get any money from a studio, you get what they call an interim agreement, and you're allowed to promote Wow. So we were allowed to promote, but then of course we got the great news on Friday or Saturday, pardon me, Sunday, when everybody else did that the strike was ending and that's when the talk show started up again. And that's when I got the call, you know, that Seth Meyers wanted me to be on. And, you know, of course we're working on being on a lot of other talk shows as well. Mm, that is so exciting. Oh my gosh. I just realized that when you said that, I was like, wow, now they're allowed to commence. So that's great. And I was hoping that with the writer's strike, um, you know, with that end, that it'll sort of set the way for SAG and for those negotiations. I'm just really praying. I mean, I think I, it will. I yeah. Think, okay, good. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely think it will. I think, look, people have been out of work for way too long. Yeah. Got to get back to work. But now I think the studios know that people mean business and they're willing to sit it out to get, to get what they deserve, you know? Yes. So now that the writers have, have paved the way, the actors will hopefully will follow suit and follow suit quickly. Yeah. And it's like, you know, last night I ran into one of my photographer friends at an event and he's like, dude, like I am hurting so bad without red carpets. There is no work without junkets. He's, you know what I mean? It's affected so many of us. So the trickle down is amazing. Insane. And because I produced yeah. this movie with my husband, that's what, you know, you know, when you're re- normally doing movies, it's, I mean, you realize how selfish actors are. You're like, you know, in your trailer, <laughs> getting something to eat, taking a little nap. Yeah. And when you're producing, you're like, okay, where are the porta potties? Where's yeah. the next meal? Why is, why is the AD mad at the prop girl? You mm. know, like, things like that. So, yeah. but, but then you see the effects. So like both movies I produced, so, you know, the hotels, the caterers, 
uh, everything, the, the gas, the mm-hmm. car rentals. I mean, it affects so many businesses. And you yeah. realize how much money it brings into into the economy. So it's it's time to get rocking, you know? Yes, I totally agree. And, um, you know, Siobhan, you, you are like so iconic to me. I mean, and you've been a part of, of like, for, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, Seinfeld and SNL. I mean, you got to be part of two iconic shows that, you know, one of them is still on, but just tell me about those experiences really quick, if you don't mind. Oh, not at all. So I, I got really, well, I was lucky and unlucky. So I went to New York City when I was, you know, right out of, right out of school. I thought, mm-hmm. I could be a big stage actor. I'm going to be, I'm going to be a musical theater star. Well, I couldn't sing, I couldn't sing well enough to do that. <laughs> so I, I was like, and people, I would go to auditions and they're like, you're going to work in your 40s. You're going to go into your look. You're going to go into your voice. And I was like, okay, I'm not waiting for that. So I wrote a one person show. And along, I did all the characters I wanted to play if someone would possibly cast me. And I brought it to LA, which I'm so not LA. And um, Seinfeld came and SNL came. And so I first got on Seinfeld. My, my, my first job actually was the Golden Girls. I was Betty White's secretary, which was crazy. And then Seinfeld. So it was like, these, you know, that, that was the, the golden era, you know what I mean, with these fabulous shows. And then uh, SNL came, I got on SNL. And then being on SNL, you know, it opens up so many doors, movie-wise. So my my first movie was Greedy with Michael J. Fox and Kirk Douglas. And my second movie was Only You with Robert Downey Jr. And my third was Forrest Gump. And then Men in Black. Wow. So uh... the years. Yeah, that, it, it's, it's kind of like dating where, like, you know, you have one date and then somebody else likes you. So, um, <laughs> of course, or supposedly they do. And so it's kind of right. like, that's the way it is with films. It's like you're in, in one, so you're not like down in the dumps and depressed. Yes. You're like, yeah, hey, I am riding high. And then you'll, you know, go to the next audition and they're like, oh, so what do you do? Like, oh, it's just a men in black, you know? Yeah. And Casual. by the way, it was like, bring my baby. For men, for men in black, I, I lived in the city. I walked across the park, had a babysitter. Babysitter, you know, so expensive. I had no money. Yeah. <laughs> and I get there and Barry found Barry found the director was like, Sharon, I'm at this, the Regis Hotel. Your audition's not until 3 o'clock. I was like, what? I have a babysitter. And there's a big snowstorm predicted. Walk back to the park. I go, okay, I'm going to have to bring my baby. He's like, bring the baby. I bring Bernadette, who's now 28 years old, and City Hall Bureau Chief of the New York Post, New York. And, and I put her in the front pack, go to the audition, and I say, Barry, can you hold the baby? Because I was, I was so relaxed. I was like, look, I got enough problems with this baby. I, don't, I can't be worried about this part. Oh. <laughs> so kind of oh. the more relaxed you are, the better the auditions go, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but anyway, um, and then and then and I have three kids. So my oldest, you know, she's a journalist. My son Peter, actor, producer, and music supervisor. And then my daughter Sinead, actress, and she's a production designer. So she's a wow. junior in high school. Co- yeah, going off to college pretty soon. But five years ago, and I'm like, what am I going to do with myself? I am not domestic, and I can't clean. So I started writing. I just gave a shot at writing oh. movies, and that's when I wrote Rushed. And that got picked up and was in the theaters and, and now on Amazon and all that. And then, and now Shelter and Solitude. So Shelter and Solitude's my baby. And I appreciate you talking to me about it so we can get the word out, you know? Yes, I am. I'm going to promote it like crazy. It looks amazing. I'm going to bother art for a screener as well. And what's so funny, I did oh, yeah. not, I, I, first of all, I love that this movie is a family affair. And then speaking of your family, I did not realize I follow Bernadette Hogan on, on Twitter, which is so funny. Um, I did not put the connection there until you just said that, but 
Oh my gosh. So, so yeah, isn't crazy. That funny? Yeah. That's and amazing. She had, a part of it. she had a part of it. She had a part of it too. Not only being like a psychological, <laughs> my, 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 my sounding board, but, but also like, you know, in the movie, so it's about a guy, you know, on death row, tennis, so there's a couple radio announcements, TV announcements. So she would, advised me to make sure that the copy sounded authentic and that kind of thing. You know what I mean? Oh, I love it. I, I would do the same for my mom. Yep. I love that so much. If people want to see the trailer, um, you go on the Regal or the AMC websites and just put in shelter in solitude. And the trailer has like over a million hits and all that. So, um, yeah. So October 6th, to get out there, get out there, come down to the, Come down to Union Square for your New York City, or it's gonna be it's gonna be from Honolulu, Arkansas, all over the country. Thank you so much, Siobhan. Okay, that was Siobhan Fallon Hogan. She was super fun. I had to edit out when um, I got kicked off the call. They're like, "Can you please wrap it up?" I was only supposed to have fifteen minutes. But I could have talked to her forever. She was so great. Uh, I'm gonna have a bonus episode as well this week about a film. That is super interesting called Man on the Run. So stay tuned for that. That is about Joe Lowe, a Malaysian man accused of embezzling billions of dollars to appease the Hollywood elite, uh, who is actually still on the run. It's really interesting. So that will be coming up this week as well. So stay tuned. If you like this podcast, don't forget to rate and subscribe on Apple. And until next time, thanks for listening. 